Welcome to Dear Legal Ops, the podcast tackling tough topics impacting today's evolving legal operations profession anonymously. This podcast is made for and by the Legal Ops community. We will hear trailblazing tales and lessons learned from seasoned professionals, change makers, and community champions. Join us as we go on a journey of delightful insights and enthusiastic ideas that will inspire you to find your inner brilliance personally and professionally. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Legal Ops. I'm your co-host, Tommy Tavares Ferreira. Excuse me? Were you just going to leave me hanging outside the studio today? Uh, My bad. (laughs) No, it's my bad, right? No, my bad. No, 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 no. no. It's definitely my. No, 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 it's my bad. It's my bad. It's actually my bad because really we're co-hosting as coasters today. You know, for the first time in our DLO Bordeaux blend without a Gilbert Grape guest, Tommy and I are going to just, let's like take this one naturally a little off script today, right? So I see, and actually I know because we were texting the other day, how are you from your Europe travels? Did you have fun over at Clockamia? Oh, she's just she's just touched down from London. Ooh. You know, we we had high tea, and uh, I'm British now. Oh, <laughs> British. okay, all right, all right, okay. Oi, oi, <laughs> uh, yeah, Clockamia. I I dipped in and out very fast. It was fantastic. There was a lot of. Gen AI chatter, as I'm sure you can imagine. A lot of sort of preparedness for it. And it's, I think the sentiment was it, it's here, right? So what are the next steps? It was great to see folks on that side of the, the pond. Saw Layla. Oh, I saw there was the podcast reunion. and There the, was a uh, Sparkle Squad Yeah, reunion. the Sparkle Squad. I loved your guys' coverage at uh, CGI. I thought it was, it gave a little bit of flair and fun to what's, an often crazy 72 hours of conference <laughs> starting at like six in the morning and going until like three in the morning, right? Well, <laughs> you and Carl should know, right? So yeah. And it was funny because the minute I walked in, I walk into the lobby and I see Layla, I go say hi to her and then Jen comes over and it was just this <laughs> random like... You're like, wait, hold on. The sparkle is back naturally. The sparkle, I love was, ba- the sparkle was back actually. Oh, so me, yay. Jen, McCarran, Layla, we were there and... um. There were a lot of learnings, I have to say. It was a really good conference. Even though it was a bit of a whirlwind tour, I turned it around in a day and a half. Worth it to consider a lot of what the Gen AI space is going to be, what we can do to start to prepare ourselves. And my biggest takeaway was where legal ops can position itself to really be thought leaders in the space and to really you know, we're, we're probably going to be the folks that a lot of the research and a lot of the doing might come down on in this new in this new space. And I think that's an amazing value prop for our careers, right? A differentiator even. And I'm, I'm out here. I'm out here trying to go, where's my class on how I figure out how to do prompts the right way? Because that's a skill set in and of itself. I'm super excited. I think exciting times are upon us and I, I cannot wait to be a part of it. I'm loving. Look, look. You come back. You're, I, I know, right? When you when you landed and uh, saw the wifey and bash, you probably were like, "I need a bed immediately." But <laughs> immediately. I immediately. But I will have to say, your your eyes are lighting up right now. Just seeing you kind of not only recap, but 
what I have felt too, right, is that this movement is going to be fun and energizing and something that's going to, for a lot of us, teach us something new, myself included. I'm really excited to see how I incorporate in things. Yeah. Just very, very happy for your recent travels. Well, thank you. And how have you been? What have you been doing? I know you had a dinner, a legal I.O. dinner. I did. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really fun getting back on the road because of the clavicle issues. So we're able to, as you can see now, I'm like raising my hands up a little bit so I can go potentially the club in a couple of weeks, right? And um, <laughs> that one, the, the one that closes before 10 p.m., obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Had to reschedule some of those. So did Chicago and then saw you in New York for the weekend and then Charlotte and saw the old CK team and had a really good dinner with a lot of in-house people. And that was fun. So I had to come back and pay the Pied Piper of like doing laundry and doing all those fun things. So I didn't have that much of a fun weekend except for hanging out with you and figuring out how we're going to prep for this wonderful letter today. You also had a whirlwind tour. It sounds like you Mm -hmm. had a fabulous time connecting with people, thinking, hearing what's out there, what is new, what's what's going on in our space. And then you get home and you have this pile of letters sitting there for you. I heard you went by the DLO mailbox. I did. I reached deep, deep, deep down in that. And so I think, are you ready for this? I think, yeah, let's do this. So y'all sit back, pour yourself a glass. And let's dive into our letter where today, Tommy and I, we're going to continue bridging the gap between the voices behind the letters and this vibrant community that is not only surrounding us, but each other. But first, grab that glass and get comfy as we dig deeper into Dear Legal Ops. Our letter today comes from Tina TV Dinner Turner. Our proud Mary writes, Dear Legal Ops, I find myself in a bit of a pickle and I need your sage advice. I'm boiling up with excitement for a contract lifecycle management system. Between trying to mix the right ingredients of system components and ensuring nothing gets burned in the process, I must admit, selecting a system is easy as pie, but getting ready for the implementation has been a lot to digest. I need to know the best way to preheat my preparedness so I don't end up with half-baked results. I've always believed in the mantra, if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. But I truly want to cook this recipe for success. Dear Legal Ops, can you help me sift through my options and knead out the perfect strategy for CLM readiness? Looking forward to your seasoned advice. I can't. I can't with it. I can't with all. I, God, this may be the best, punniest. By the way, I just, this gives me all the feels, which is why as soon as I opened this one up, Tommy, let's talk about the conversation we had on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite part is, and need the perfect strategy. I don't know why that just, but that, T- that gave me the good ones. Tina ended the letter with, Best whiskers, whiskers, <laughs> like a whisk. Man, I hope that everyone else finds us as corny and funny as we do. But this I will say, this this also terrible. speaks to my. It's so good. Let me ask you this: What is your TV dinner? Because for me, being in the Midwest, right, I think of dinner as something that's quick. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Our family, I felt like we were always just on the go, right? Um, and so dinner to me is either you're like sitting with friends and you take a couple hours or it's like you inhale it as quick as possible. So I actually resonate to the Midwestern fact of TV dinners. Love me a banquet dinner. What's your, uh, 
Oh, what is your would, dinner of choice? I would think in the Midwest, it's actually quite the opposite. That feels so familial and and like you, everybody sits down and it's a big deal and people cook a lot. I I maybe I have a perception wrong. Yeah, I don't I don't know much about TV dinners. I don't know that I've ha- had the pleasure the pleasure. But I feel like if I had to pick one, it would definitely be like a, a meatloaf, like a like a meatloaf with like some some corn and mashed potatoes. That feels like something that can come out of a TV dinner. Yes, I've always panned you as that paella because I know about your connection <laughs> to Lisbon, and I think what's interesting about that, and we'll we'll talk we'll dive in today with a little bit of the procurement paella, right? But I think when we talk about the the meat and potatoes in the Midwest, it's like how do you prep and get all of these ingredients ready? And like, where do you start knowing that you have a basket full of groceries? The Portuguese paella. If I like mm. seafood, I would I would get in on that. But CLM, I bet by the end of this episode, you'll come up with an acronym that is like country love and meatloaf or oh, <laughs> like, like something on, that CLM. Betty Crocker. <laughs> <laughs> something that CLM stands for. So where, yeah, where do we begin? Let's help Tina out here. So I think she's right, right? When you are picking a CLM, the hardest part is going out and finding the partner who's, you know, you're going to get their product. And once you sort of have your, your sight set on that, I think the reality kicks in is like, uh, oh, <laughs> Wait, there's other things I have to do before I even get the keys to this to this rover. I, I actually have to make sure that like my house is in order over here. So couple of ideas for Tina. First, do you know where your contracts are, right? Because one of the biggest selling points of a CLM is we're gonna give you all the data and now we have Gen AI and you know, you can negotiate with yourself and blah, blah, blah. But like, do you know where those contracts are? Like go. And find them because they're the first things that you're going to do. And so that that preparedness unto itself could be like a couple of years long. So I think going and finding the contracts. Tom, what do you think about that being like maybe a one of the steps that you begin with? Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely, right? I think it's, we say data, data, data. So it's like know where your data is. But then once you have the data... Do you kind of have this? And I, that's my favorite expression. I don't know why it's easy for me to visualize, but like, do you have the driver to take it off the lot? Right. I've said it a couple of times. You don't just buy the car, you have to figure out, like, is it manual or automatic? Right. And so I think connections with other systems itself. And if you don't have the in house resource for it, how do you go about choosing an ALSP? I've talked with a couple of people recently that talked, said, hey, like, we want to do this. Right. And it would take another year if we hadn't you know, somebody that we had to dedicate on our own, could we do a team or should we do outsourced or an ALSP? And I think I think really if if you understand who the subject matter expertise is at the best price point, and sometimes I think it's now more about having that in-house ALSP resource, right? Where you can find somebody who has implemented maybe this contract's administration program before or has put together policies and these are subject matter experts. I don't think it needs to go to law firms and I don't even think it needs to kind of even be in your own FTE, right? Because it can take a lot of time. So I think it's really understanding the resourcing. I think resourcing is key because also if you're going to go and get a CLM and one of the resources you want to chat with is like your internal IT team too, right? Because Mm -hmm. if they're... Finance and IT, your best friends. Finance and IT, fit, fit. Because if they're... 
if you're utilizing or tapping any of those resources. Wait, and stop. Did you just do finance and IT? I said fit. And you said fit, which fit. the T is technology and you're tired. Oh, <laughs> mama, you've done this before. I like this. Fit. I like this. Okay, sorry. I think I've been reading these letters too much lately. I'm just coming up with the acronyms. <laughs> so, right. You have to be considered the resource planning in your own house. And if your folks don't have it, right, you're going out outside. And a part of that is figuring out who stakeholders are. So some mm-hmm. of those stakeholders might be your fit team, right? They might be your fit team. And they may be people who are going to be testers. You might need engineers. Like depending on how big you go and how 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 broad this is and how many systems it's touching. Is it touching Salesforce? Is it touching Greenhouse for employment agreements? Is it touching your procure to pay system? Like you need an engineer. You might need a couple of different matter experts. And... Are we doing like one trust for data privacy? Is it all touching? It is all working. So stakeholders. So who are the stakeholders? You know, I think you're in the right view of thinking about stakeholders, but I think of stakeholders also in the defensive mode, right? Like if somebody is the head of procurement, right? And they're part of now a workflow that you're about to build and they go on vacation, right? who is their backup. So it's understanding. And I think it's, I think the relationships with these stakeholders are important when you're trying to mitigate risk itself, right? I think because you can always call a stakeholder to be your kickoff call, right? Or to be your champion. But when things go wrong, ma'am, it's like, no, 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 no. Who's going to be the person that you work with at the 23rd hour? Oh my gosh, yes. That's, that, that, having that, having that person. It's not even the who are the stakeholders around the org, but also who who's the stakeholder with you building it with you. And you're right. right. Sometimes that is a procurement person. And and you know, sometimes there are arguments over like who owns this procurement or legal or another team. Like, but 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 yeah, who, what's the backup plan for you? Who are the the stakeholders that are there with you who's project managing it? And you might need some big project managers in, in on this. But that's a that's a huge part of it. And even some of the foundational work around what drives the way the system will have outputs. So for example, do you have a contract policy? Do you have a signatory matrix? Like, do you know sort of like the process of some of these workflows because you've been doing it, but you've just been doing it on a janky system and now you're going to put these really pristine workflows into a system and they're going to be amazing? Or are you building the workflows? Are you going around knocking on doors going, hey, finance, at what financial threshold are you going to be in a... Like, so it really is deciding like who's on this team of builders so that we're all building together because it's not just coming out of the legal ops person's head. They can project manage, they can strategize, they can Mm -hmm. socialize, it's going to happen. They can talk about it when it's done. But there are so many people involved in actually getting it to launch that you want their sign off. You want people to say like, I bought in, I should be there. And and if you have policies and and processes that are already in place, you're going to translate them over. But... Those are a couple of the boxes that you're checking. Right. I mean, you are, as, as we kind of, I haven't figured it out yet, right? But we're almost there of like, okay, so you find your sous chefs. So those are where all your contracts are. So they're the subject matter experts. And then now that we have the sous chefs, right? It's finding out who actually has the nicest kitchen, right? Like, which one can <laughs> I bake in? Because they want to be my friends. So now we have the restaurant built. And then it's like, 
Do you have the menu already planned out, right? Like yes. where are those templates? Because you have your stakeholders, you understand your contracts. And then I hope that we're like rounding out this, like what you should think about before implementing a CLM. It really is, is like, okay, now how do you tie it together? Because the first thing that your CLM person's going to say is like, what workflows do you want done? And then they're like, great, give me those templates. And you're like, I'm sorry, you don't help what? me build that. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and the workflows, if I if I can just punctuate the the metaphor, the workflows are the order of operation of a service kitchen, right? Like the waiter comes in and puts the ticket and somebody cooks the food and then the the they ring the bell and then the waiter comes back and they pull the food off the chain and then they bring it out to the person sitting at the table. Like those are the workflows. Like you don't you, you don't come in, ring the bell put the ticket in, bring the food. Like you need an order of operations. And so that's figuring out your workflows. Who's going to approve something when? And you don't even have to have the keys to the to the CLM car, right? You don't even have to have it implemented to be thinking about what what is the order of operations using your your Canva or whatever tool that your company uses to start building out workflows on paper getting people to buy in whether they agree and then you just you just put them you know you just put them to work but there's a lot of front loaded work that you do before you ever even turn this thing on right and i think kind of going back to tina tv dinner turner's original question right it's like okay so now that we've made the food properly chopped it properly cooked it ate it and then like you know, when you and I were in Terrytown, we finished a bottle of wine, right? Like, right. we're pretty full, we're done, right? I don't think that's the end of it. So why don't we go find a little bar to go to and grab a drink and we'll get to the second half of Tina's question. Sound good? Sounds great. Perfect. This episode is made possible by our sponsor, Legal.io. Legal.io is the fastest growing community and marketplace for legal talent. Legal.io connects legal professionals to resources and opportunities at the world's leading in-house departments and firms. Legal.io is the launchpad for legal careers, matching legal ops professionals, attorneys, paralegals, and so many other legal professionals at some of the world's most exciting companies with a level of precision that only a data-driven, vertical specific marketplace can provide. Supported by significant investors like Tiger Global, Legal.io is redefining the legal workspace. If you want to learn about the enterprise marketplace solution for legal talent, access salary surveys with compensation data as unique as you, and join their vibrant in-house legal community, visit www.legal.io. That's L-E-G-A-L dot I-O. Legal.io, your gateway to a global legal talent marketplace designed with the legal operations community in mind. Actually, I just took a drink, so welcome back. I'm glad we didn't drive and we just walked down the street to the bar because we're safe and responsible like that, right? <laughs> and speaking of being safe and responsible, my favorite topic, I don't know why, I nerd out over this. I tell you, this is this was because me being in the law firms and being in that chapter 11 bankruptcy reorganization and just the way my the right side of my brain thinks, I'm very, I love numbers. And so mm. budgeting. So it's like now that you, now that we're sitting at the bar and we're going over numbers, 
you have everything priced out. And so you're going to go shop for a CLM itself, right? So I want to place the emphasis kind of on the second half of this. What do you do next when you have all the ingredients chopped up? Is like figure out what's the best value for what you've chopped up and determine kind of what your priorities are. Because it can be a full kitchen, but you can't cook with everything in the kitchen, right? So when you're looking at pricing, it's like, what are you asking for? And then as your non-negotiables that you'll figure out with your stakeholders and then like work backwards from it, right? So, okay, I want one that has like, it's important for our company if they want like an X number of templates or workflows, right? Or maybe some of them are very dependent upon it needs to integrate with this system, you know? So everyone have the different flavor or whatever. That's where I really think that it's important that we have a a good relationship with finance and a good relationship with those that are your stakeholders because it can get pricey, right? So you have to figure yeah. out kind of what your non-negotiables are. And those are hard conversations to have if you haven't had time baking and building the casserole together, you know? That's right. And it may sound to Tina, it may sound funny to her that we mentioned readiness and then the last thing that we brought in was budget because Tina might go, hmm, I would think the first place that I should start is budget. I should know what is my budget and then go out and shop for a tool. But here's the hack, Tina, and here's why budget probably comes after you do a little bit of figuring out how many templates you have and a little bit of finding out where all your contracts are. Mm, and a proud Mary, ha- tell us, get us there. <laughs> proud, proud Mary. I'm sidebar, this is slightly sacrilegious because I can't believe we turned Tina. Tina Tina was meant for much brighter, much brighter <laughs> character names. But any whoosies. So the reason why we mentioned budget last is because the way that most CLM providers pitch their pricing is based on how many contracts do you have? So you have to be able to answer that question. How many workflows do you need? So you have to be able to answer that question. How many templates are you going to use? Now, it's not the formula for every CLM, but I've seen enough demos to know it It probably is. It's usually one of those three, if not all of them. And then how many end users will there be? And you you generally want that to be the whole company because you want everybody to have access to be able to input, right? If it's a front door intake, if the CLM is the front door intake. If the CLM is not the front door intake, then that can be a totally different story. But it's probably one of those four components. How many people are going to use the thing? How many workflows are you going to build out? How many contracts do you have? And how many templates are you going to modify? Mm, Sounds like all the chopped ingredients, right? Like That is everything you're putting in your country casserole. Mm, I like the way that you did that. I'm going to make that joke and let you move on. (laughs) (laughs) So now you have figured out these major components, right? You got the big four. And now you want to go around and pitch to finance that you need a tool. So now you're going to pull on something that we talk a lot about here at the House of DLO, storytelling. So you're not simply going, hi, finance, legal needs something, right? Hi, Karen. (laughs) It's me, Karen, and finance, and uh, you can't have any money. (laughs) Well, Karen, here's why I need it. Because I'm going to show to you a tool that is going to benefit this entire organization. And then you're going to go data, 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 data. You're going to start throwing numbers on a slide. It's going to save us 72 million trillion hours because we're never looking at another NDA again, right? Like you're just going to go... So you're going to want to like, you know, lean into your storytelling skills where you are going to put some data in front of them. Okay, it costs this, but really like here's where the friction points are and here's what we're solving and here's 
here's why sales is going to love us, not not hate us. We're going to we're going to go from the team of no to the team of go, and so you're going to start to pull out all the reasons why you need this. And here's the final hack: get the CLMs that you are talking with to give you ideas on how you put those pitch decks together because they put them together to sell to you. Now you go, now give me some of that sales flavor, right? And let help me to sell it to finance. And mm. they will, they will absolutely, they will partner with you and they will work to help you sell it because they're, if they're your partners, they are as invested as you are in selling this. So Tom, we have a lot here that we've considered. We have. I mean, I could go for a, a final nightcap if that's something you're interested in doing. I may be interested in not having any more food puns. Okay, perfect. <laughs> tell me your tell me your final thoughts on how we how do we bake this baby? How do we knead out the perfect strategy? <laughs> well, <laughs> let me tell you. Let me let me roll my bacon sleeves. And if you think I bake, we have another conversation to have. But <laughs> my Midwestern roots, when I think about after budgeting and having your stakeholders and weaving that storytelling together, it's like the, the thing I would want Tina to remember is that it's ultimately what makes all of this work is the ingredients and the thought and the kind of understanding your business need and finding those champions. So having a full experience from dinner and having drinks together put together the right way, we'll find a beautiful casserole, which will be different for everybody, right? So once you accept that and you get the buy-in and you then go to purchase the CLM, I just want to leave this final thought with like, that's then when you have to shift to a different mindset, which is then like, how do you then handle the change management and the comms portion of it, right? Like, it does go back to making sure you also have your ingredients prepped. And so the extra credit here is like six months, you know, before your tool rolls out, right? Like do something like a debut at your all hands, right? And then three months before maybe, you know, try and get in front of the people to get dirty with it, to to start chopping it up, right? That's how we make the great casserole itself. And then one month before, do those lunch and learns, right? Like change management. It's really about branding and naming. And that's when we tie it back to getting your stakeholders, right? And then finally, like post-launch, you know, what does that support and training look like from your teams and your workflows? Do you have things on the internet, right? That's where the receipts come due from Mama Budget, right? Like she wants to make sure that like the receipts were categorized properly and that it was paid and and is delivering ROI. So I'm glad that we were able to do this journey today. Did you have fun doing this with Miss Tina and nobody else? It was Tina, Tom, and Tommy. Oh, okay. I see what you did there. You see what I did? Yeah. It was just three of us. Just those three T's. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Tommy, you know, it feels just like yesterday we started this journey and here we are wrapping up our first episode without a guest. And even though this weekend, we, I think we put an hour on the calendar and it took two hours, right? It just kind of... <laughs> <laughs> it gives me so much joy to be doing this with somebody in such a fun, collaborative environment. And, you know, we've talked about those centers of excellence. So... Also a shout out to the man behind the studio, Red. Just kind of watching all this bake together has really been a game changer. Thank you, Red. Yes, thank you, Red. Before the waterworks start, let's reach all the way back to Tina TV Dinner Turner from Microwave MSA and her letter. We hope that we're able to help you today. 
And so on behalf of Tommy and I, we hope that you guys continue to write in letters to dearlegalops.com slash submit. And we look forward to chatting on the next episode. Take it home, Tom. As we wrap up this delicious episode, it's clear that the kitchen of legal operations is brimming with flavors of innovation, challenges, and opportunities. Just like crafting the perfect dish, implementing a CLM system, it requires a blend of those right ingredients, a touch of experience, and as Tommy pointed out, a sprinkle of patience. And today, with Tina TV Dinner Turner, we've sifted through the essentials, ensuring no detail is left undercooked. But y'all, this just isn't about following a recipe to the letter. It's about understanding the nuances, those, those unique flavors each stakeholder brings to the table, and the art of balancing tradition with innovation. Something I learned myself from Tommy is that sometimes it's a Midwest casserole, and sometimes it's an international paella. No doubt a testament to the rich tapestry of experiences and insights that shape our legal operations and this CLM crazy world. And just like in the kitchen, it's not just about the final dish, but the journey of crafting it. Reflecting on this awesome conversation in one-on-one, okay, y'all, seriously, we're kind of done with the kitchen puns here, but I will say it's evident that our CLM journey is intertwined with our willingness to really just be these flexible, adaptable, and collaborative partners. The path to a successful CLM strategy, it might be filled with these unexpected twists and turns, But if y'all have the right mindset and tools, I think we can flambe it with flair, finesse, and maybe even a dash of some fine French franc. But that's just the first pot we're starting today because something that Tommy and I have been tweaking, and I'm really trying to focus on this in my own personal recipe, is the balance of flavor and substance. So as you navigate through the complex yet rewarding paths of our careers, Let's also not forget to season our personal lives with the same dedication and zeal, crafting a story that's not just about professional triumphs, but a narrative that encompasses well-rounded growth and fulfillment. So Tina or anyone else out there listening, whether you're preheating your CLM oven or already savoring the results, remember this. The essence of legal ops, much like cooking, lies in the passion, dedication, and love that you pour into it. It's about crafting strategies that not only streamline processes, but also resonate with the heart and the soul of the organization. And remember, y'all, in a bustling kitchen of legal ops where there's tons of chefs, it's not just about ingredients, but it's the magic you create with them. So from Tommy and I, grab your aprons, embrace the journey, and let's keep cooking up success, both in and out of the kitchen. For more Dear Legal Ops content, make sure to follow us on all social media using the handle at Dear Legal Ops. Have a tough legal ops topic you want us to tackle? Submit a letter and share your stories with us at dearlegalops.com slash submit for a chance to be featured on the show. Like what you hear? Go ahead and leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening. As always, I'm your host, Tom Stevenson, adding a splash of color to the lively landscape that is legal operations. And I'm Tommy Tavares Barrera, your voice of reason amidst the whirlwind of change, keeping it real and relatable. Dear Legal Ops is produced by Red Rock Music. Until next time. <laughs>